Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Spartan Gradcast, exploring new experiences through graduate education at Norfolk State University. I'm your host, Chelsea Martin, and this week, I am joined by Dr. Fatima Williams, CEO of Beyond the Tenure Track. Welcome, Dr. Williams. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited to be here and talk with you today. We're excited to have you. Um, so really quick, before we get into uh, the real reason why you're here, uh, I was looking over your bio and can you give us a little bit of background of what Beyond the Tenure Track is and also how your degrees play into like what you do with Beyond the Tenure Track? Yeah, so Beyond the Tenure Track is leadership development and career development for academics. And so when we initially started out, we were really trying to help academics, especially graduate students and PhDs, to learn about the ways they could leverage their skills beyond the academy. And what it ended up becoming, you know, we're about seven years in now, is an organization that helps academics at all stages to understand their leadership skills, whether they're working in the academy or outside of the academy and really understanding how to market their skills. So it's not just about what is the next job I will have, but we have people who are at career stages where they want additional leadership responsibilities and additional recognition and higher leadership positions. And they're trying to figure out how to transition well to those. And so that's what Beyond the Tenure Track does. It really helps academics to think about their skill set and think about their skill set broadly, not just what you learn in your degree in terms of like squarely in your content, but really looking at your skill set broadly and saying, where do I want to go and where do I want to have impact with what I know and with what I value and who I am? So that's what Beyond the Tenure Track does. And your second question was asking me about how my degree plays in. Well, at this point, I'm far enough in my career where my degree prepared a foundation, but we all know that, you know, we have to layer on in order to really grow with our careers. And so my company has been able to grow to support executive level and administrative level uh, academics and even beyond the academy because I do additional trainings. So I'm always in a, some kind of certification program to assist with my facilitation skills so that when I come into your organization or into your university, you're not just getting a really great speaker, but you're getting someone who knows how to design a program in a way that gets the results that you want. Um, and so my degree in cultural anthropology certainly helps. It helps with understanding human behavior. It helps with listening. It helps with appreciative inquiry. And so all the things that are necessary to be one, a business person, um, but also a person who can actually deliver the kind of work that I do. So training and coaching is what I do, but having this background in cultural anthropology really helps me to connect across different kinds of organizations and across different kinds of leaders so that I'm really working to Toward helping them to pull out and draw out the best from themselves and from their leadership. Wow. Um, okay. That's a that's that's a, definitely an interesting way to look at it, especially because when I was looking at cultural, looking up cultural anthropology, I was like, okay, so this is definitely more of like a, a social sciences, if that makes sense. At least, at least from my understanding, because I'm I'm in the social sciences and humanities technically. Uh, because I'm a, a journalism student. So it's just like you, especially with writing, um, you have to do a lot of human interest pieces and stuff like that. So you have to kind of pull out the the best qualities of the story and, you know, kind of expand upon those. So yeah, absolutely. 
So I also see here that you were uh, the former associate director of graduate student and postdoctoral scholar advising. So this week we're talking about how students can better organize themselves to have at least a successful semester. And then hopefully some of these um, organizational skills will kind of translate into their everyday life even after they get their degree. So what would you say were some of the biggest challenges that students were communicating to you or to some of your staff when they were having these advising appointments? Yeah, so in that role, you know, that was really focused on helping students who were in graduate programs to either gain experiences through internships or you know, kind of later in their career, their graduate career to transition to uh, their first professional role. So that's what that work was about. But I think what's important and that what Beyond the Tenure Track helps people to do is exactly what you're saying about this kind of planning that helps you to not only look at where am I today, but it helps you to kind of gain the skills to look out at how to create the future that you want. So often, and it, you know, it doesn't matter your discipline, so often people who are high achieving and in these graduate programs are really used to being on a very set path, right? You come into a program, it has the requirements, it has the timelines that are suggested for you to complete. And what we're not taking a step back and doing often is saying, who am I? And how do I want to use this degree to really contribute to society, the world, my field? Who am I and who do I want to be in this in the future? And so part of the skills that we teach at Beyond the Tenure Track, especially with our professional pathways planner, which I think you had the opportunity to, to check that out and use that and be a part of one of my workshops that I did at NSU, is really taking that step back at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the semester and saying, I understand that these are all these responsibilities that I have this semester to finish these courses or to do whatever my milestones are for my for my program. But what I also need to take a look at is where do I want to go more broadly speaking in my career and in my life? And are there things I need to be doing this semester that will also assist me there? So that might look like, do I need to meet new people in my field who are not in my program, right? Do I need to broaden out my network now? So when I need it a year from now or six months from now, I've already built the relationship equity. So you, you get what I'm saying? It helps us to really think ahead, not just based on requirements, but based on your personal vision for yourself and your life. So then we don't get to the end of a grad program and say, oh, they should have taught me this, or I wish I knew this, or why didn't I take advantage of that? It helps you to be proactive about your investment in yourself, and it helps you to kind of look forward and say, where do I want to be, and how can I take steps to prioritize the things that are important to me? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I actually just got the email um, before we hopped on this call that I've been approved for graduation in a couple of weeks. So I'm just like, this is great. But I'm like, congratulations. Okay, so now, That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. But now it's like, this is grind time. Like I got to apply for jobs. I got to like do networking, especially with COVID. It was hard because of the fact that a lot of stuff was closed and, you know, like the, the normal in-person networking events were kind of like a thing of the past, at least temporarily. So like you had to, you know, hop on Zooms and do like those Zoom happy hours and, you know, kind of um, reach out to people and just be like, hey, can I buy you a coffee and stuff like that? And a lot of people were kind of like, no, <laughs> because of COVID. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Especially um, early on in your program. I think the earlier, the better that you start laying the groundwork for 
um, making those connections, kind of like identifying a mentor and, and stuff like that, you'll kind of be on a better traje trajectory, sorry, <laughs> a better trajectory in order to kind of like succeed in once you graduate, you'll kind of feel as though you have more of a, of a roadmap to what's go what's going to happen next. Yeah. Just, to, I was going to say congratulations to you for being flexible and recognizing that things have changed, you know, and when we were, especially in the height of COVID, right. Um, you know, for many people, we were inside, we were resuming, we were doing all kinds of other things that maybe were a little bit different for us. But one thing I will say is, you know, it is the starting earlier rather than later. Um, but it's also bringing an authenticity to that. Um, I think it's easier to really come from an authentic place of what you're interested in, um, why you're interested in the person you're connecting with. And it helps you to kind of build what I like to think of as like a network of mentors rather than really focusing on one or two people who maybe hold the key to help you with your future. Because we're in a stage where, you know, you want to tap into more than one kind of specialty discipline or perspective, right? You want to hear what um, someone who may be in a similar position as you, and then someone who's a little bit ahead of you, or someone whose experience maybe mirrors yours, because maybe like me, you're a woman of color in academia, but then you also want to hear from experience experiences of people who may be in a similar position, but different experiences you, right? So it's giving us the opportunity to learn from a number of different people and then kind of draw our own conclusions about what works well for us so that you can take selective steps forward and really be good about how you use your time. Um, and then just as a quick tip, I would say, I, I am, people are very different about networking and I like to think about networking as relationship building. It comes from more of an authentic place. And if you are not a person who really feels super confident or let's say very outgoing, it still allows you to tap into the beauty of relationships because all of us are building relationships, introvert, extrovert, ambivert, whatever you are. Right. But I heard you say, um, you know, can I buy you a coffee? I'll let you in on a tip that people are super busy. So I, I tend to say, you know, things like, can we meet? Meeting in person is, is very high value. That's very high value. So I would suggest offering ways that you can connect with them that make it very easy for them to help you. Um, so it may be, you know, can I get you a virtual, let's have a virtual tea and they're bringing their own tea and it's just 15 or 20 minutes, right? Um, it's also just doing things, thinking creatively about ways that you can help them help you without it being a burden for them. Because if I have to go out for a coffee, now I have to stop what I'm doing. I'm leaving my office. I need travel time. I have to sit there and listen and hear. And quite frankly, a lot of times people are not very prepared for the time that they request. And that's not any shade to anyone. It's just people don't often um, take the time to either do background work on the person that they're interviewing or background work on the field that they even wanna know more about. Um, so often these things show up when we get into this space with someone. And it, what it does for the person who's asking for the time is it, um, it kind of puts, it, it makes the other person feel like I'm not sure I want to continue to invest here. 
they didn't do well with my time the first time. So I'm not sure that I want to continue to invest in this or this was not worth my time. So we want to make sure that it's a win-win for both people. And the win-win on my side as the person who perhaps you're requesting time for is just be prepared. I don't need you to do anything else, but be prepared. And that is exciting when people come and they're prepared and they're authentic and they have questions that you know you can help with. It just helps you to feel like you really invest well and help someone move forward in an area where they may have been stuck. And it's funny that you mentioned time management um, because you had a podcast actually in the height of the pandemic, like right before the pandemic started uh, called Grad School with Fatima Williams. And there was an episode called Why Energy Management, Not Time Management, is Killing Your Goals. Um, So can you kind of like explain what you mean by energy management? Sure. So energy management is, so let me just say a little bit. We think about time management and we immediately go to calendaring and scheduling, right? So I have a class at this time. I have a meeting at this time. I'm going to work on my work at this time. I'm going to pick up my kids from school at this time, right? So we're kind of plotting out the things that need to be done in our daily routine and then just kind of our workflow. But what we're not often thinking about is in the course of a day or in the course of a week, where do we experience the different kinds of energies? So there's the energy that you need to create right? So that may be writing for you if you're a student, you're working on your thesis. There is a different kind of energy that's needed to kind of take in information, to read and absorb. And then there's another kind of energy that may be needed to have people-to-people interactions, right? So just looking at where is your energy for these different kinds of things so that you know how to best schedule your requirements or your activities. So for example, if you know that, um, I'll give an example from like the business world and the work that I do. So I know that Mondays are days where my energy is really high to begin the week and like get things flowing and moving. So that's the time, Mondays are the time that I want to have all these meetings with prospective clients who are interested in working with us because I want to be sure that I'm giving fresh energy. I have a fresh start to the week. They're also having enough time to kind of move forward anything that we've talked about through the rest of their work week, right? So my energy is high for that. So I want to make sure I'm doing that. Um, Now I'll give you an example for the course of the day. I'm working on an article. I know that I need time for uh, writing, but I also need time for kind of thinking time, right? So I like to have my writing time earlier in the morning because the morning is quiet for me. It's before things have really started to rev up. My mind is really focused on the first thing I'm doing in a way that I'm not having to think about what comes, um, what came before it, right? I'm not having to recenter myself around, okay, dig into this task. No, it's fresh energy for me. It's a fresh mind, fresh, just I'm not bogged down with all the things of the day yet. So I give that as an example to say, I would then schedule my writing for early morning and then things like phone calls for the afternoon, because I don't need that same kind of freshness and creativity that I do for writing as I do for interacting or having a class or having a program. So those things would get scheduled in the afternoon because I don't need that same kind of freshness. So those are examples of energy management. Okay, just really quick, going back to kind of like the, the coursework and stuff like that. 
how would you say that we should navigate the energy zones and organize ourselves for uh, online coursework? Because online coursework versus in-person coursework is like a totally different beast. Uh, you need a lot more discipline um, and not necessarily scheduling yourself a little bit better, but you know, it's, it's definitely, you have to take a different approach with online coursework. Yeah. So with online coursework, I mean, I think it would be in some ways, there's some things that are individual to the person. But one thing I can say for sure is you perhaps don't want to have back to back, um, you know, if there are lectures that are an hour and a half, you know, or an hour, or even in grad school, three hour courses, you may not want to schedule those kind of back to back. So, you know, if you were in person, you might go from one course to the next course, or one class, to the next class without a lot of buffer in between. But we have to think about what it's really doing to us to be behind these screens. You know, we need a chance to like walk and take a break, we need to interact, we need to um, you know, kind of give our eyes a chance to rest from our screens. So whether it's online courses or just, um, you know, engaging in an online space, you want to be thinking about how do you holistically help yourself? And so these are some of the things that we talk about in the professional pathways planner and help within the planner are really looking at how you map out your day in a way that considers the activities that you have on deck for that day that need to be done, whether they're front stage activities like showing up to class or backstage activities like I need to work on uh, appraises for tomorrow, or I just read several articles and now I need to just kind of do a little bit of synthesis of these and note taking around these, right? So the front stage and the backstage, it's looking at how do I approach this as a full human being who needs a break, who needs to stretch, who is not a machine that can just operate at full efficiency for a six and seven hour stretch, right? So it's taking an opportunity to look at what is needed, what is required for that day and how you can manage that in a way that leaves you feeling whole and well at the end of the day. So even in the planner, there's um, a lot of guides in the beginning of the planner that kind of help you to set up your day, your semester, um, and then kind of you know move forward from the semester on down. One of my favorite um, pieces in there is about your workflow practices and also your well-being practices. So how do you enter a work session or a work day? And then how do you close out a work day? So that way you're also managing um, your completions, what it looks like to complete for that day, what it looks like to define completion for yourself and actually wrap your work day so that you feel good, you're still energized, and you can transition now after your workday is done into something that's different like rest or exercise or spending time with your friends or your family or whatever it is that you're doing. So that and then the well-being practices also help you to incorporate into your day and into your week. How do you support yourself with the care that you need to be able to move forward with good energy and also with just a sense of balanced well-being? So you don't feel like in academia, we have these boom and busts, right? The semester is going, it's hot and heavy, and we're just really working really hard all hours of the day, and then it's over, and then you're like collapsed. My goal is to help us get out of that boom and bust cycle with the tools and the strategies that help you really manage the work that you have. 
Um, okay. And then also, um, what would you say is one like tip or, or a time management hack that you've picked up during your professional career that you wish that you had during your undergrad years, even during your doctoral program? Yeah. So one professional, one time management tip that I've picked up. Um, there's so many, cause I do this for a living and I'm always practicing new things, but one, I would say starting with a vision for yourself. It seems like it's not a time management thing, but here's how it helps. When you have a vision for, let's say a 90 day period, here's what I'm looking to get done. Um, Here is my goal for the end of this 90 day period. What it helps you to do is be really focused when you start to implement Um, within your semester or within your week, it helps you to be really, really focused. You can always go back to that vision. If the vision was in this 90 days, I am going to submit an article. Now that's on top of the other things you're doing with your coursework. But if you know that that's one of the things that you're focused on, that is a vision you have for yourself as being an article writer. You have finished this article and submitted this article. When things start to pop up throughout the semester, you then look at Does this take away from or help me continue to move forward on this goal of writing this article, right? So it helps with your boundary setting. It helps with your time management. It helps with your prioritization. It helps with your yeses and your nos. Because if the goal is whatever else is happening, this one thing at least must happen because this is how I will reach my goals and feel my sense of accomplishment, then it means that everything else is secondary to that. Everything else must be organized around that. Other things don't take priority above that. And so it helps us to prioritize ourselves so that we're not looking at the end of a 90-day stretch or the end of a semester and saying, okay, well, I finished my course, I finished my class, you know, I finished my papers, but I never got around to making progress on that article that was important to me. So it's vision setting, knowing who you are, knowing what's important to you, and then prioritizing those things. And I like to do that in a 90 day chunk. Absolutely. And I, and it's funny because when I started this semester, because it is my last semester, I'm like, okay, this semester I'm going to, you know, like only dedicate Monday through Friday to schoolwork. And then like, you know, the weekends, oh, technically half of Friday, but then like the other half of Friday and then like the weekends will be for certification courses for, you know, to build up my resume. And then, you know, I'll get into like some creative projects that I've been putting on the back burner for like the other parts of of my graduate program. And I've been failing miserably at it. So yeah, I totally, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got a little bit of a tip for you there. So this and thank you for sharing your example, you know, and I think you did a really great job of looking at how you can make time for yourself. But at least one of the things that I hear in the way you've approached it, and we'd have to dig a little bit deeper into it. But the idea of Monday through Friday, working on one project, and then Saturday and Sunday working on your others, I don't hear time for rest. And rest looks like a complete break away from these concentrated kind of thinking points. Now, you may not be able to take an entire day. You may not be able to take, you know, you you would have to look at that. But I would say that some of the, the prioritization might look like 
Am I using my time a little bit differently or organizing it a little bit differently that maybe Friday is my creative work day or that half day is my creative work day? You have to be able to give yourself time to switch between projects. That's one thing, right? So the mindset of certain kinds of work that you're doing, maybe a different mindset for the creative work that you're also looking at. It takes time actually for our brains to switch So that's also in that energy management. It takes time for our brains to switch from one project to the next. And you've probably experienced this where you've had something that you wanted to get done in the day. um, And then you said, okay, in the afternoon, I'm going to work on this other project. They're completely different. Maybe they're different classes, different disciplines. It can feel like it's really hard to ramp back up for the next project, often because we're not batching our work according to similar types of work done in the same stretch. And so I'm just giving that kind of tip and tool because you want to batch your work where similar energies, similar projects, similar topics and themes are being addressed in a batch. So you're not having to kind of ramp down from one and ramp up to another. That's energy that's lost. And that's time that your mind has to kind of make this shift and get into this new project. So batching like projects with like projects, and then also giving yourself time for true breaks. And you know, as a creative and having a creative part of your work, that that's really important. It's the walk that you take that has nothing to do with anything you're working on. And you're not listening to a podcast. You're not, you are just in that walk or whatever it is you like to do, right? Um, It's giving ourselves a chance to actually break and rest that also fuel us to be able to get these things done that we really, um, that we really enjoy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm definitely going to try that batching thing because these last couple of weeks before graduation are definitely going to be, it's down to the wire. So I'm, I'm trying like really hard to kind of like finish strong, but like Truth be told, sometimes I just want to take a nap. <laughs> like, honestly, take I, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you actually need to take it. Sometimes your body is like, we're a little exhausted. We need a nap. It might be a 15 minute nap. It might be that walk. And it's also an invitation to just look at, am I setting expectations, like manageable expectations for myself? You know, that can also like weigh us down and weigh down our ability to be able to move forward. Am I setting manageable expectations for myself? And that doesn't mean you dumb it down. And yes, we all have a lot to get done. But even in a lot to get done, when we realize that our energy is not endless and limitless in a moment, right? We then have to prioritize differently. We also have to say, you know what? This project could take an hour, but instead I'm going to give it my best. And it's gonna be a best that's not a a striving and struggling best, but I'm gonna trust that what I do in an hour, or even if I say I'm not gonna go over the hour, that what I do in an hour is more than enough. And I can always return to it later, but right now I'm going to put this work in its place. Now we ask all of our guests that come onto the podcast, we have an introductory tagline. So when I introduced the podcast in the beginning, it was exploring new experiences through graduate education at Norfolk State. Do you have any suggestions on what this week's tagline should be uh, in relation to organization in grad school? explore your curiosities. Why does that that. have anything to do with organization? (laughs) Because a lot of times we're really kind of hunkered into the task. We're so focused 
on the thing that we're looking to do that we may be actually ignoring some things that are calling out to us that are piquing our curiosities and our interests that actually may help us to either get the work done or it may offer us surprising new information that can actually revitalize our energy on the things that we're working on. So allow time for your curiosities. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> um, so quickly, where can listeners find you on social media so that they can keep up with what you're doing next or possibly get access to the planner that you uh, were referring to earlier in the episode? Yeah, so I would love to give away a sample of the planner to your listeners. They can go to beyondthetenuretrack.com forward slash toolkit. And there you just enter your, you know, your email address so I can send you a few of those planning pages that I was describing earlier that can kind of give you a sense of what the planner is like, but also just kind of help you to implement some of the things that we talked about today. So that's beyondthetenuretrack.com forward slash toolkit. And then on social, um, I'm really active on, on LinkedIn as well as on Instagram, but I just give you an insider tip. I tend to really be on LinkedIn where I'm actually responding to people and things like that. Um, so Fatima PhD, that's F-A-T-I-M-A-H PhD. You can find me on all platforms at Fatima PhD. All right, guys. So uh, many thanks to Dr. Fatima Williams for sitting down with me for this week. And That does it for this week's episode of the Spartan Gradcast. Be sure to stay tuned for upcoming episodes as we continue to navigate all things grad school because we know it gets hectic, but you don't have to do it alone, okay? So we will see you next time. The Spartan Gradcast is a production of the Office of Graduate Studies at Norfolk State University, led by Dr. Desi Hacker. Today's episode was produced by Ms. Chelsea Martin with royalty-free music provided by Ivy Music.